So good morning listeners and welcome to Sacred Space 102 FM, which is a Common Sea Inspirations production being produced here at our Common Sea studio here in Ada. And it's the fifth Sunday of Lent. It's the 21st of March. And my name is John Keeley and thank you again for joining myself and also Shane Ambrose, who's joining me on the other end of the Skype line. Good morning to you, Shane. Good morning, John. How are we keeping? You must need for joining me and also joining our listeners who are joining us from wherever they are in the world. We can, first of all, want to welcome those who are joining us from West Limerick, around locally here, who we meet around the place, uh, around uh, Newcastle West and other places in West Limerick, who join us each week and enjoy the programme. We thank you indeed for for staying with us. Uh, and we hope those, especially those who are housebound and lonely and struggling, are getting something from the programme. And we thank indeed all of our guests who do come on and join us from week to week. Our programme is broadcast at West Limit 102, of course, at 10am and 11pm each Sunday. The 10am uh, session is devoted to broadcasting Mass uh, from Abbeyfield Parish here in West Limit. And also we try to include, if we can, um, part of our own programme that we're recording here this morning. Uh, the podcast of this programme is available on commonseeinspirations.bushplat.com. Just Google Common Sea Inspirations. And I was surprised, as I said last week, when I actually Google Common Sea Inspirations and the number of options it gave me there for Common Sea Inspirations. We're also available through Facebook. Search us out there on Facebook at Common Sea Inspirations. If you want to contact us at all, you can do that by texting us on 087 That's 087 Or email us inspirations at gmail.com. Now, at this point of the programme, as usual, we'll ask Shane to share with us Saints for the Week or Celestial Guides for the Week, Shane. Sure, folks. Um, now, just to point out, um, today, of course, is the fifth Sunday of Lent, which means next Sunday is Palm Sunday. So next Sunday is the first day of Holy Week. So there won't be any Saints of the Week next week, just in case anyone's planning ahead or listening, whatever the case might be, because Holy Week takes precedence. So for this week, as I said, today is the fifth Sunday of Lent. So for those of us praying the Psalter, we're praying week one. Um, so Monday, the 22nd of March. Now, this is an interesting one, which I was really curious to see, and I hadn't realized this man had been made a blessed. It's Clemens August von Gallen. Now, it's a very long name, and yes, it's an interesting gentleman. He is known as the Lion of Munster, not Munster, Munster in Germany. He is born of one of the oldest German noble families. He was ordained in 1904, and he was the Bishop of Munster from uh, the 5th of September 1933 until his death in 1946. Now, the reason why I'm interested in this guy is I've actually read the book about him, and he was a huge anti-communist, anti-Bolshevik, anti-Nazi member of the church in Germany during the second up to and during the second world war and in particular he fought against the Nazi program of euthanasia um, and he was created a cardinal only in 1946 in February and he died in March 1946 and it's actually a really interesting story so if anyone actually wanted to read an interesting account I would highly recommend it the book uh, there's a famous book called the Lion of Munster for blessed Clemens Augustus von Gallen and his feast day is celebrated on the 22nd. On the 23rd, we celebrate the feast day of St. Turibus, um, an interesting one, a saint associated with Lima in Peru. He died in, I always lose this one, he died in 1606. 
of natural causes. He was born to nobility, uh, studied to be a lawyer at study at Salamanca in Spain, and then he was ordained at the relatively young age of 40 in, in 1578. He was the Archbishop of Lima in, from 1579, and he founded one of the first seminaries in that part of the world. He fought for the rights of the natives against the Spanish conquistadors. And he died, as I said, in 1606. Wednesday, the 24th of March, is the feast day of St. MacCartan on the Irish calendar. Now, this gentleman is associated with, um, belongs to a very early generation of saints and is recognized as the first Bishop of Clotter. And he is known as Patrick's strongman for his dedication and faithfulness. So that's what we celebrate on the 25th, on the 24th, rather. The 25th, of course, of March is the feast day of the Annunciation of the Lord. And it ranks, of course, as a solemnity. I always find this uh, interesting that the Annunciation always generally falls in the middle of Easter or Lent, rather, and often quite close to Easter. So you have the beginning and you have the end of the uh, the incarnation at the same time. And it's always an interesting one for reflection on. Of course, very much the Annunciation is Mary's consent, her yes, to become the mother of Jesus. Friday, the 26th of March, is the feast day on the Limerick calendar of St. Mokeluk of Kilmallock. So it's the feast day for one of the local saints. All we know about this man is that he died in 639 AD, and that's pretty much all we know. Then finally, on Saturday, the 27th of March, we have the feast day of St. Galsius of Armagh. He was the son of the Irish poet Diarmuid. He was the abbot in Derry for 16 years, and he was created Archbishop of Armagh in 1138. And he served as Archbishop of Armagh for 36 years. He was the first Irish bishop to receive the pallium. That's the, 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 the circle, the, the collar that archbishops receive from the Pope to designate their authority. He rebuilt the Cathedral of Armagh, and he traveled widely, preached to the faithful, rebuilding old monasteries and convening synods. And interestingly, he was the man that ordained St. Lawrence O'Toole as the Archbishop of Dublin in 1162. Uh, so it was, uh, and he died in 1174 of natural causes. So that's St. Galicius Gal of Armagh is his name. So that's what we have, John, in terms of the celestial guides for the coming week. Shane, thank you very much indeed for that. Now, just because we're not going to celebrate any science next week, Shane, doesn't mean to say you get away with it. You'll probably have more work to do next week in letting us know what's happening during the week. But anyway, thanks a lot for that. Now, at this part of the programme is a, pro is a part of the programme where we usually share uh, resources or what's, what's, what's available these days. And I know um, churches are not open for public worship. Not everybody uh, can get onto Zoom or can get onto... Um, uh, the internet to try and search for things, but for those who can, um, Shane might just share some resources for us uh, just coming up, but but maybe a, a special little request maybe of the younger members of our uh, listenership who might be able, as best they can, maybe for the last few weeks of Lent, just to listen to what Shane is, is, is just going to share with us in terms of resources here, and maybe you can let some of those who are not technologically savvy or, or wouldn't have the availability of internet but you might be able to share uh, maybe your devices with them so as these people can just view and listen to what the rest of us are lucky enough to be able to see so Shane there's a few of them that we, that we mentioned last week we might just mention them again this week yeah so these are the ones that we've been particularly kind of I suppose um, not necessarily promoting but just, just helping out um, 
So first of all, uh, with Knock on Tuesday nights at 8 p.m., uh, there's scripture reflections available from knocktrying.ie. Uh, also from Knock on Thursday nights at 8.30 p.m., there's Lenten Conversations, which are being chaired or led by our friend, Father um, Eamon Conway. Then just a reminder to people that uh, Glenn Stahl is doing their talks Lent at the Abbey, and they go out on Saturdays at 2 p.m., and they are available to watch afterwards because they are recorded. Also, just to say to people that the Redemptorists at Mount St. Alphonsus in Limerick have been doing Lenten retreats every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. So they're the, they're the key ones that we've kind of been encouraging people to check in with. But there's a lot going on. And obviously, different parishes are doing different things. So, for example, Stations of the Cross in Abbey Field at 9.30 a.m. on a Friday morning. Stations of the Cross being broadcast via church services uh, from Glynn Church at 8 p.m. on Friday nights. Um, and of course, as well as that, if for those that are trying to look up for resources, we also give a plug to our own Stations of the Cross, which are on the uh, blog from a number of years ago. We have a number of versions of Stations of the Cross. There's Mary's for Stations of the Cross. So that's on sacredspace102.blogspot.com. Thanks a lot for sharing that with us. Now, one of the notices that Shane shared with us last week was about um, vocations events uh, that would be taking place actually next Tuesday. Um, and I was able to make contact with Sister Katrina Kavanagh earlier to ask her to tell us what this event is all about. In fact, what her, um, her connection with in terms of vocations promotion is in Diocese. So maybe we can just listen to hear to what Sister Katrina is going to share with us. So now I'd like to welcome back again onto our programme um, a good friend actually at this particular stage. I joined us a few weeks ago, Sister Katrina Kavanagh, who's a Dominican sister of St. Cecilia, based in St. Saviour's uh, Parish in Nurmick. Welcome again and thanks for joining us, Sister Katrina. Thank you very much, John, and thanks for having me along today. Two things I want to ask you, please. I know we've got just a few seconds, a few minutes together. First of all, I believe you're working in the Limerick Diocese Vocations Office. Tell us what that involves, please. That's right, John. So this year, Sister Mara Rose and I are helping out with vocations uh, for the Limerick Diocese. Um, and this is just uh, a wonderful opportunity and a great privilege, actually, uh, to be able to um, to help people to explore what a vocation, uh, particularly to diocesan priesthood, is, uh, and uh, to be able to promote um, the, uh, to promote uh, vocations. Uh, and we do that uh, through a couple of different means. Uh, our, our main one is an e-newsletter, which we prepare monthly uh, with different themes each month uh, and focusing on aspects of vocation uh, and just opening up the ideas of uh, what is a vocation and what is discernment uh, and with different articles uh, with uh, videos and with recommended reading uh, and also just to profile some of the priests or our seminarian in the diocese uh, and to to help people just to to see what's really involved uh, in such a vocation uh, and then also uh, we run, uh, typically, uh, we run events uh, pre-COVID. Uh, and so we've had Theology on Tap, where we've had uh, speakers come and uh, just share 
uh, aspects uh, related to vocation um, and uh, they've been very well attended and also within the diocese right now we have a discernment group for men again who are uh, on that journey um, of discerning whether they may be called to the diocesan priesthood um, and those men meet monthly over zoom currently um, and they're just working through uh, a, a book each month uh, so it's a little bit like a book club and just uh, discussing various aspects pertaining to vocation and i believe you have one coming up there shortly i think it's next next week is it sometime next this tuesday week? yes uh, so this is something um new actually that we're trialing uh, um, and it's for the whole cashel province actually are hosting a virtual discernment evening for men um, and uh, this is being offered um, on zoom and there will be priests, seminarians, and young men who will share their experiences, uh, again, at various different stages in uh, their uh, discernment or in their uh, vocation itself. And so for any men who might be eager to um, just hear these experiences uh, and might be just starting off to explore the diocesan priesthood, uh, this is uh, a great evening. Uh, to both hear those experiences and then there'll also be an opportunity um, to talk to the speakers afterwards. Uh, so if anybody is interested in that, it's next Tuesday, the 23rd of March from 7.30 to 9 p.m. Um, and for information then or to register, you can email info at vocations.ie. And that it is open to anybody uh, in, in any diocese in Ireland, but it's been hosted by the Cashel province. Sister Katrina, thanks a lot for bringing that to my attention today. And no doubt we'll be chatting to you again about your role in vocations. But in the meantime, uh, we'll send our prayers to you and all those who are working through that particular event next Tuesday. In the meantime, God bless and thanks for joining us. Bye now. That's wonderful. Thank you very much, John. So thanks again to Sister Katrina for sharing um, that information with us. And again, uh, the information there was provided um, by Sister Katrina. And of course, the um, I'm going to mess that up again now, so I'll just leave it by just saying. So with uh, thanks again to Sister Katrina Kavanagh for sharing that information with us. Now at this point of the programme here, we would like to pray a spirit of communion prayer. Very important prayer these days for those of us who can't receive Jesus sacramentally, for those of us who maybe can't get anywhere near a church. Although churches are open and we're free to make private visits. But this is a spirit of communion prayer. My Jesus, I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come spiritually into my soul. I embrace you as being already there. I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. And just before we go for our first bit of music, Shane, we've got some guests joining us in part two. You might just let us know what's happening. Yes, yeah, so on part two of the programme, we're being joined by Rose O'Connor and Aoife Walsh from the Limerick Pastoral Centre to, to take us through resources and suggestions and ideas that are the diocese is putting up, as well as some liturgies that are being streamed uh, during Holy Week. So stay with us here on Sacred Space, 102FM. Um, we'll go for our first bit of music first, and this is one, it's uh, sung by the Daughters of Mercy, and this one is entitled, God of Mercy and Compassion.
And welcome back to part two of Sacred Space 102 FM, a Come and See Inspirations production here for West Limerick 102. My name is Shane Ambrose. Delighted to have you back on the second part of the program this morning. So manning the controls of this spaceship, and uh, we still have John. Morning, John. It's a spaceship now, isn't it? Very good. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it at times. And we're delighted to welcome two guests onto the program this morning uh, from the Limerick Austin office. Good morning, Rose. Good morning, Aoife. Morning, morning Shane. Morning, John. Morning, John. How are you? Very so, well, thank Rose you. Rose O'Connor and Aoife Walsh both work in the Limerick Austin office. Aoife, what exactly is your actual job title? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a good question. I, I've worked. I work in youth ministry. It's probably the easiest thing to say, Shane. Yeah. So most, a lot of people across the diocese might be familiar of Eva's good work, particularly with the youth group that goes to Lourdes every year, and also the Anish program that's done with the transition years and fifth years in the secular schools across the diocese. Good morning, Rose. Rose O'Connor. Rose, what exactly is it that you do for the diocese again? Um, well, my job title is Pastoral Implementation Manager, which covers everything and then she comes the way, really. So right, I suppose this morning we're here kind of representing the pastoral outreach team. So myself and Aoife are two members of that. And we have Michael Kelly as well and uh, Father Chris O'Donnell and Dermot Cowie. And you know, there's a whole group of us that have been, particularly at this time, I think, working together to look at how we can support parishes and support people in these times of COVID. We didn't think we'd be here one year on celebrating Easter at home again, you know. No, I, I, I would have to concur with that because I realised during the week, the Tuesday before St. Patrick's Day, I had been 12 months, it's 12 months since I was in the office, since I was at work, mm-hmm. uh, because that was my last day in the office last year. So as you said, Rose, uh, we have you guys on this morning because we are going to talk about resources that the diocese has made available. And this, of course, is ahead of Holy Week and Easter 2021. And as you said, we didn't actually think we would be in this situation 12 months down the line. So obviously it's called for a degree of imagination and uh, in terms of the limited circumstances that we have. Um, obviously, because a lot of parishes are still, you know, we're not public liturgies aren't allowed at the moment and there are still the restrictions on gathering uh, because of the COVID restrictions. So um, you guys are going to take us through the resources that are going to be made available. Now, just before we get into the detail, um, I'm looking at a wonderful two-page summary. Is that available somewhere for people to look at if they need it? Yeah, we'll have that. We're hoping to have that up online shortly, Shane. Um, And I suppose the idea behind that was to provide uh, parishes with something that they could share with parishioners in their homes 
to help people to celebrate Holy Week at home. Um, and we're, I suppose we were thinking particularly of, as you said, people can't get to Mass, so what they can do uh, in the home, and especially with children, um, you know, or, or parents or people who, who um, just really want to enter into the spirit of Holy Week. So that document hopefully will be up online by the end of this week. And um, there will be a number of resources kind of connected with it um, that will help to, as you said, be creative, give people ideas, kind of hopefully fire the imagination um, with some things that they can do from the comfort of their own homes. Indeed. And just in relation, just before we get into the ins and outs of the of the of the resources that are available there, just to clarify, some parishes are going to be doing their Easter ceremonies, obviously, online, Rose. Isn't that right? That's right. Yeah, Shane. I mean, like compared to this time last year where we had really, I suppose, almost you know, a handful of parishes that could actually stream services online, that number has grown significantly because people have invested in the technology. So there will be um, also a list, we'll have a document available that will list all of the services that are happening in every parish, you know, so that people can see what's happening when online, you know. So I suppose the work that we have been doing is really to kind of supplement and complement what's happening in the parishes. We're not trying to, to sort of replace that or do something you know that competes with it you know we're, ours, we're just trying to add value by offering ideas and resources for people as Eva said particularly families and that that you know they can get out for a walk and and you know let's say engage with the stations of the cross um Eva's going to us a bit more about that kind of detail um but yes yeah, so th- these resources we're talking about are, are, are complementary to the easter tridium in particular like you notice most of our activity is in the lead up but and then then we have some specific ones for each day of Holy Week, which we can talk mm-hmm. through. Okay. So um, just, just to say, just to remind to listeners as well, particularly for those listening in West Limerick, please make sure you check the notes in the Weekly Observer and the Limerick Leader for the different parishes, because I know most of the parishes are going to be putting in notes about what is and isn't being covered by their online services. And obviously, of course, here on West Limerick 102, we will link in with Abbeyfield Parish, and we'll confirm that probably next week, John, in terms of what Easter ceremonies we're going to have to cover. Yeah, next week, I'd say. Yeah, no problem. So we let you know what will and won't be going out on air as it stands. Now, back to what is being looked at. So uh, who wants to go first, starting with Palm Sunday? It's hard to believe this day week is Palm Sunday, the first mm-hmm. week, first yeah. day of, of the Easter of the past um, week. So who wants to go first, Eva? Yeah, I'll jump in there, Shane. Um, it is difficult to to believe that, yeah, Palm Sunday is coming up. But I suppose on a, from a very simple point of view, people usually go to Mass on Palm Sunday. They come home with their palm, you know, their blessed palm, and it goes up in the house. And so what we were trying to encourage people to do, and again, we people should have time to do this in advance of Palm Sunday, is that rather than have palms that you get at Mass in the morning, that, you know, children could create flags because really, I suppose, Palm Sunday, when people wave the palms and put them under the feet of the donkey as Jesus came, came on the donkey, it was about kind of celebration and it was about waving and it was about saying rejoice, you know, Hosanna. So um, for children to to colour in flags, create flags, welcome signs for Jesus. So we've got some templates, resources around that that they can print off and colour in. Um, and again, you know, there's nothing to stop them in parishes. A priest could send them, get them down to the school. School children could colour them in in advance of Palm Sunday, get them to the church. They could be put up and decorating the church so that when the mass is streamed online, you know, it's lovely for young people to tune in and go, I, I, I coloured that in or I'm there. 
Um, another one that we had a resource was around a prayer list or a card so people could send in the names of people to the church and that it could be placed on a seat in the church, you know, saying that if I could be here, I would be here in this physical space, but I can't be. But my name is here and, and I'm connecting in with this from in a spiritual sense, you know. Um, so that's another kind of simple thing, I suppose, that people could do. And then after uh, Palm Sunday, when the palms have been blessed, we'd encourage parishes, I suppose, to to get people to come to the church and, and collect some palm to bring home. Um, obviously, keeping in mind the restrictions and the, you know, sanitizing and all that kind of stuff and do it in a safe way. But when they come to collect the PAM, that maybe there's a list of the services that are going to be online. Like you mentioned, a couple of the papers that will have them printed. But you could have a little pack for people that might include a candle or some coloring pages for kids or, you know, a little prayer, a little prayer card that they could take home with ideas around creating a sacred space in the home. Um, things that they might need to hand for the week. So for, you know, Holy Thursday, have a bowl with some water, have a candle, have a towel. Um, if you have holy water in the home, um, you know, have some of that available. Uh, so there's lots of kind of just practical ideas like that that people can can do. Um, and I suppose just on the, the family front as well for Good Friday, we're Rose mentioned a couple of people who've been involved with us. We've had Sister Katrina as well and Sister Mara Rosa, Dominican sisters, helping us with resources as well. And David Bracken, who works with us too. David has created a fabulous set of stations which are based around the, the city walk of the Three Bridges. If you'll know the Three Bridges walk in Limerick City, Shane. Um, mm -hmm. And what we've done is we've adapted that, that so it can be personalised for any parish. So you can do it within your 5K. And it's very relevant for the moment, praying for things that are happening in our world right now. Um, you could do it on your own. You could do it with somebody. And then what I've done as well is created a family station. So when you're going out for your walk with the kids on Sunday or Friday or whatever day you want to go out, you know, there's little instructions there about a backpack to bring and some paper and some colours and, you know, some, some twine and some sticks and there's activities along the way. And just helping to make the Easter story real for, for children in a way that's very accessible, really, for, for families. So there's a lot of kind of just hands on practical little things like that um, in, in the in the resources. And also, I suppose, on another level, then people like um, like Dermot and Michael and stuff have created or found uh, resources for us around liturgies and you know prayers for this time as well and rose might talk a little bit then about we're actually putting on a couple of liturgies online so she might say a little bit more about that in a second but there's there's lots and lots there especially for for families and for for children which i think is great because um like i'm just thinking of all the kids who are missing out on those experiences of the paschal fire and being in the church when the candles are you know, lit on, on, on Easter Saturday and the things that you associate, you know. So just to try and keep those things alive in a sense in the home, I think is really important. Mm. You mentioned there, uh, Eva uh, and Rosa, just that there's going to be streamed liturgies for the Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday of Holy mm -hmm. Week. Now, obviously, for most par for people that will be participating online with parishes, you'll be tuning in for Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday and Easter Sunday. But the Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday, sometimes they get missed rows. So this year, the diocese is, is putting on um, a couple of interesting liturgies online. Yeah, exactly, Shane. And that was the idea was to, you know, to complement what will be happening in the Tridium and not to cut across what parishes are already doing. So we have three liturg short liturgies that will happen and they'll be all streamed online on the Diocesan Facebook page. 
Um, so on the Monday, um, we we have a liturgy of solidarity. And I suppose the we kind of recognise that the Monday of Holy Week is usually associated with almsgiving. So it, it's playing with that theme of almsgiving. And I suppose as a race, we're generally quite good at that. You know, Irish people tend to be very good. So we're, we're tying it in with the Troker Lenten um, fundraiser that we've been running from Limerick with Love. Um, I'm sure some of your listeners would be aware of that, where we have we have over 80 people that are registered. And I'm sure there's a lot more that haven't registered, you know, that are walking, running and cycling this Lent just to um, build up kilometres where the aim was Sharon Collipy from St. John's initiated, but the aim is to, to get to as far as um, Sudan. So Sudan is a programme country this year, which is over 6,000 kilometres. So I believe we're already there and on our way back in terms of the, the, um, the number of, of uh, kilometres built up. But the idea is that we'll have um, Father Noel Kerwin, Sharon Collipy, as I mentioned, and Colm Hogan from Trokra. We'll be um, doing a little liturgy around that whole thing of walking in solidarity with people and I suppose that's something I think that we often recognise that you know where we see an injustice or something like that that it's, it's just getting people to reflect a little bit on that and then on the Tuesday Father Chris O'Donnell is um, doing a liturgy um, a tenebrae liturgy around the whole thing of um, you know darkness and I suppose the accompanying the passion of Jesus um, through a liturgy of, of having a number of lit candles and they gradually become extinguished as you move through the liturgy. And we're encouraging people at home to maybe have seven tea lights themselves so they can actually... Mm. Tenebrae is, 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 is an ancient liturgy very much associated with course, monastic communities and is, it's beautiful when you can attend it in a church setting. I've sure, attended it myself yeah. over the years and it's, 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 it's quite something that the whole ambience of it and is is very evocative yeah and i know ideally you would be in the church for it but i suppose it's just to maybe get people to have a sense of it and i think that's what we learned in the last year that people need something tangible that they can actually experience even if it's they're at home but that they connect in with with something so that's on the tuesday and then on the wednesday evening there'll be a liturgy of forgiveness that uh, michael kelly is um developing with um father mike cusson and father franco d and that will be obviously reconciliation is a major part of lent and we can't have confession that's um that's not going to be possible but you know it's, it's really about I suppose, looking at that whole area of forgiveness and you know like helping people to maybe uh, reflect on that and think about areas maybe where they they need to to forgive or to, to look at I suppose what what burdens they need to to lay down within that so it's a kind of a healing aspect to it I think in that sense so those three online liturgies rose they are 8 p.m on the Monday Tuesday and Wednesday of Holy Week and yes, yeah. they're, all, they're being streamed on the Darsten Facebook page. Now, Rose, if a person is not on Facebook, can they still access? Yes, um, they're all they're all publicly available. So um, there will be you can actually go into Facebook without having a Facebook account. If you know what I mean, they'll still be visible. And um, you, depending on how works, we may actually make them available on the website with the resources as well. Because they, they, the nice thing about streaming on Facebook is they st they're still there. Even if you miss it, you can go back in and, and relook at it again. You know, okay, so it's on. almost like yeah. it's almost like they're recorded. Just to flag as well, from a radio perspective, uh, for Good Friday next week, we are broadcasting. The prayer around the cross from Newcastle West. John, can you just remind us what time that's on? Yeah, you, usually this takes place uh, in Newcastle West every year. It's um, conducted by the young people, arranged by Father Frank Duick. So that'll be going out broadcast at 7 pm. So 7 pm to 8 pm, Good Friday. Good Friday evening. Okay. Aoife? 
Yeah, I just want to come in there, Shane, just to say as well, one thing I forgot around the stations is that actually Rose um, with Father Frank O'Connor and I think Rose, your sister, was involved in this as well. Yeah, and Mary uh, McDonnell in St. John's, yeah. Marion, yeah, have done, a, a, they'll have a podcast um, of the Stations of the Cross. So anyone who has um, attended issues with, with Father Frank will will know what to expect around that. Just And I think sometimes for what I'm hearing as well is around this is this, the sensual part of it, the hearing of a voice, the, the the candlelight, you know, what comes to mind, Shane, when you mentioned the tenebrae was, you know, being in Glenstall almost and the, the smell of the incense or, you know, those kinds of things that certain things that really connect us in a really deep way to Easter and to our faith. And so I think anything that we can do that helps us to 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 bring those two pieces together is really important. So I'd really encourage people at home that if they are doing that, to just take a little time, you know, to, to be still and to and to really enter into the spirit of it and to trust that it, it, it can be as meaningful. You know, it's not the ideal. It's not the way we would we would want it. But um, but there's still so much meaning and, and so much to be gained from from connecting into those um those experiences. Okay, so uh, Aoife, just remind us again, so those resources and that those that summary sheet that will be going up on the Darsen website with the yeah. various resources for each of the days. It will uh, be available, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and in particular, we're highlighting the resources that are there for families and for the kids and for the children. And then also just remind listeners again, so the three ceremonies, the three liturgies are on the Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday of Holy Week and they're being, brought, they're being streamed on the Darsen Facebook page at 8 p.m. You can go into Facebook or for those that want to go to the Dalston website, there is a link to the Facebook page off of the Dalston website as well. Uh, podcast will be available for the Stations of the Cross and which I definitely we would encourage you to listen to. And then of course, again, for Good Friday, as we said ourselves here on the radio program, we'll be broadcasting from the castle on Good Friday evening. And also just to check in with your local notes, with the local parishes to see what's being streamed um, because I know there's a lot going on differently in different places across West Limerick, uh, just for people just to check in and see what's going on and and to uh, plan it out, you know, like we would do if this was our normal Holy Week, you would plan what Easter ceremonies or what, what ceremonies or liturgies you were going to attend, because, of course, it is what Easter is about in one sense. It is a one unitary liturgy which starts from Holy Thursday all the way through to Mass of the Resurrection on Easter Sunday. And it is obviously one of the high points of the Christian year. As Aoife said, this isn't the way we would like to do it. But you know what? Needs must. As I said to people, you know, many people don't have priests from one end of the year to the other, even without COVID. And, you know, it's something that perhaps we need to understand and share with our fellow Christians around the world who, you know, don't have the luxuries that we have in terms of availability of sacraments. So something for us to think about particularly at this time of the year. I'm afraid, folks, that brings us to the end of this section of the programme. Rose and Aoife, thanks a million for coming in. And like we said, check out the diocese at limerickdiocese.org or it's the Diocese of Limerick on Facebook and those resources and information will also be available there. Thanks very much. Thanks, Thanks, John. Um, Aoife, you have a piece of music for us that we're going to go out on for this part of the programme. Yeah, so um, there's a, a singer called Lauren Daigle, an American singer, and she's really popular um, and a lot of our young people will be uh, aware of her. But she does a lovely version of Be Thou My Vision with that uh, classic 
him that we know and love, uh, but she sings it a little bit differently and it's a really lovely version. So if you had that, it'd be a nice one to play. Welcome back again to the third part of Sacred Space 102 FM, coming from our Common Sea studio here in Ada. And we do hope that what we just heard there in part two will be of some help to some to, to people who might choose to be able to make contact uh, via the internet or via Facebook with some of those events that Rose and Aoife shared with us. But now we, it's time where we read and reflect on the Sunday Gospel, the Word of God. Before that, Shane shares a prayer we always pray before reading and reflecting on Scripture. Thanks, Shane. Lord, we thank you for putting us in the presence of your word, which you inspired in your prophets. May we approach this word reverently, attentively, and humbly. May we not despise this word, but receive all it has to say to us. 
We know that our hearts are closed, often incapable of comprehending the simplicity of your word. Send your spirit to us so that receiving the word in truth and simplicity, our lives may be transformed by it. Let us not be resistant, Lord. May your word penetrate us like a two-edged sword. May our hearts be open to it. Let not our eyes be closed nor our minds wander. But may we give ourselves entirely to this listening. We ask this, Father, in union with Mary, who used to recite the Psalms through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. So the Gospel for today, uh, for the fifth Sunday in Lent, is taken from the Gospel of John. Uh, It's chapter 12 and verse 20 to 33. Among those who went up for worship at the festival were some Greeks. These approached Philip, who came from Bethsaida in Galilee, and put this request to him. Sir, we'd like to see Jesus. Philip went to tell Andrew, and Andrew and Philip together went to tell Jesus. Jesus replied to them, Now the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. I tell you most solemnly, unless a wheat grain falls in the ground and dies, it remains only a single grain. But if it dies, it yields a rich harvest. Anyone who loves his life loses it. Anyone who hates his life in this world will keep it for the eternal life. If a man serves me, he must follow me. Wherever I am, my servant will be there too. If anyone serves me, my father will honour him. Now my soul is troubled. What shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But it was for this very reason that I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And a voice from heaven, and a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. People standing by who heard this said it was a clap of thunder. Others said it was an angel speaking to him. Jesus answered, It was not for my sake that this voice came, but for yours. Now sentence has been passed on this world. Now the prince of this world is to be overthrown. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I shall draw all men to myself. By these words he indicated the kind of death he would die. That's the Gospel for this week, Shane, uh, the Gospel from John. A few thoughts there you might want us to maybe think about, reflect on. Yeah, um, it's never it's never easy doing reflections with John's gospel. Um, it, it's it's a gospel very much written with a particular focus. And again, here we have another example of one of the great discourses from Jesus, which are in the gospel of John in terms of its structure. Um, and we have here, I suppose, Jesus in Jerusalem around the time of the Passover, Um I suppose generally it's kind of assumed it's probably the last Passover. So it's the Passover he's celebrating at the time of the Passion and Holy Week. And we have here, I suppose, this 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 idea of um, the encounter that um, with the Greeks. And the idea, of course, here with John is, is the idea that it's, it's, it's not just the message of Christ is not just confined to the Jews and the fact that the message is for the whole world. And of course, then we have this 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 long discourse. Now the hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. In all truth, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains a single grain. I suppose it's one of the great metaphors that is used in the Gospel of St. John to kind of try to get across what it was that Jesus was trying to do with his death and resurrection. 
and something which is a challenge for us because we're having this gospel this Sunday very much um, a message which challenges us in, for those of us that call, our, call ourselves followers of Christ, um, servants of Christ, because anyone who serve, whoever serves me must follow me and my servant will be with me wherever I am. And that the whole idea then that we are called to be servants of the Lord, but with the promise that those, if anyone serves me, my father will honor him. Now my soul is troubled, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Now for me, this very much links into the humanity of Jesus. Now I suppose it's fair to say that the other Gospels, particularly the Gospel of Mark and Matthew um, and Luke, the synoptics generally present a Jesus which is a bit more human. Um, the, gospel, the Jesus of John's Gospel is very much what we call high Christology. It's, it's very much focusing on the divinity of Christ. But here we have the human element coming through, even in John's account. Who of us can, I would not be able to say at some time, we'd like to say, God save me from this hour. Um, you know, and my soul is troubled. Who amongst us would not say that at some point in our lives, in our existence, in our day-to-day -day living that we do, that we have not kind of felt that weariness of the troubled soul and turned and asked God, what is going on? And here we see Jesus, who has entered fully into our humanity, sharing and understanding and knowing what that is like. And I think it's something that's very important for us to remember, because sometimes when we talk about Jesus, there's 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 a couple of risks. You can over-divinize him, you can make him too godlike, and then you can't really associate with him. The other side of it is that you have, it's too human. So he just becomes a historic prophet or a historic uh, man that lived in time and there's a middle ground that Christians are called to recognize and 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 consider but the other side of it is you know for this very reason I have come to this hour father glorify your name so it's this whole idea that Jesus was entering into his passion with the with the understanding that he was fulfilling the father's will and the challenge that, that puts before us for us to discern and follow what the will of the father is for each of us not the easiest thing to do, um, you know, and Jesus said, it was not for my sake that this voice comes, but yours. So again, we have this reaffirmation, a voice from heaven, which recognizes what is happening. Again, it's that echo of the baptism of the Lord and that moment of theophany when God the Father reaffirms the relationship with Jesus. Um, now sentence is being passed on the world. Now the prince of this world is to be driven out. And when I'm lifted up from the earth, I shall draw all people to myself. And I suppose that, I suppose, is the reminder to us on this this final Sunday of Lent, as the next Sunday is Palm Sunday, that ultimately Christ being lifted up on the cross was to draw all people to himself, to fulfill the law of the prophets, that he would be the sign and the contradiction for the salvation of many in the world. And that is the challenge that is there, that man, a God-man who entered into his passion and death willingly for us, even though, I suppose in many respects, we were not worthy of it. And as we pause and reflect on it this Sunday, it does pose a kind of a harsh challenge to us a small bit in terms of, you know, responding to that and asking ourselves, how well do we live up to that, that example that's put before us? You know, being Christian is not easy. There's no one, you know, and, and all down through the centuries, to be Christian in its ultimate and truest form is to be countercultural. 
And it is one of the biggest challenge for us, challenges for us in Ireland today, I suppose, is to realise that those of us that call ourselves Christians have to accept that we are no longer a society which is necessarily conducive and supportive to that kind of an outlook on life. And that is actually where we should be because of the fact that it is so countercultural, the fact that it is so different, that there is, you know, that there is a call recognition that we can't necessarily cherry pick it and that it does sometimes mean difficult stands that we have to take on different and difficult things. And as we pause and reflect on this Sunday Gospel this week, I suppose it is a hard one this week, folks. John is never easy to pause and reflect on. The gospel is put in there before us, kind of the last, you know, the last push for Lent, the last moment of preparation before we enter the drama and the mystery of Holy Week. And I suppose the question for us is, you know, we mustn't be shy about bearing witness for Christ. Shane, thanks for that. Yeah, um, even picking up that last, that last message that you gave us, you know, we should never be shy about witnessing to Christ and it just so happens that the the line that jumped out at me or stayed with me when I was reflecting on it this week was that line towards the beginning where the the, the Greeks came and asked Philip and Andrew and they said sir we'd like to see Jesus and a few thoughts flowed from that for me anyway why did the Greeks ask this question did they hear something that Jesus had been saying through through his grapevine and wanted to hear more, maybe? It made me think and reflect on maybe I'd heard in my own life of people who were inspirational speakers, and I wanted to hear more. So I had to search them out and listen for myself, just the same as the Greeks did. Philip told Andrew, and both of them went to Jesus. And this is, this is very important for me, like, in that... Philip and Andrew, they they went straight to Jesus and told Jesus about what these guys wanted. You know, they they, they, they didn't fill fill the Greeks up with their interpretation of Jesus. They 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 went straight to Jesus and said, you know, these Greeks here they're asking about you, and these people want to know a bit more about you. And I suppose when we say we'd like to see Jesus ourselves or to find out more about him, where do we look? That's a question that cropped up in my own mind. Do we just Google it or search on, or go search on social media? Or do we go to an authentic source and read and listen to the truth? Whether that be reading the Gospels or maybe listening to um, a speaker who we can trust, who we might have heard over a period of time and been recommended by good people to us. But we can share what we've heard at that stage once we know we get it from an authentic source. And when people come to us and ask about Jesus, how do we respond? Do we give them a watered-down version of what Jesus is about? Or we do, do we direct them to the truth? We have an opportunity when we meet others to witness by, the, by our lifestyle to, how, to what we believe about Jesus. And maybe the answer when people say to us, we'd like to, to see Jesus, we could answer be the name of this program. Come and see. Come and see. Come and read about him. Come and maybe witness to some of the church services of some of the church liturgies that we have in our own Catholic church. And just stay with it. Give it time. Just go up there, go there with an open mind. 
because people before us were probably within the same boat and they equally didn't know what to expect. Anyway, that's my little few thoughts and thank you again, Shane, for sharing your few thoughts. Um, I suppose at this particular time we'd better go for our third piece of music. And this is by uh, Shine, and this one is entitled Open My Eyes, Lord. So from Shane and myself, until next week, thank you for joining us. God bless you now. Bye.